everybody. I'm Marianne Katsidis, and this is the Heart-Led Changemaker podcast. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where it felt so juicy and inspired that it left you feeling energized and ready to take on the world? There have been countless times I wished I could have recorded conversations like that because it felt criminal that no one else got to hear or experience that feeling. Those conversations ignite something inside of you because you visualize a new way to connect with others and sometimes even a new world. This show will provide you with ways to stay focused on the future, some food for thought, new ideas and concepts, a way to create abundance ethically, a showcase of those already doing the work and succeeding, and a sense of connection. Being a change maker can be very lonely, so this will serve as a community for heart-led warriors. Sit back and let this high-vibe, heartfelt conversation light you up. Sarah Francesca is a guide for healers of the new earth and a self-healing facilitator. Talking in archetypal terms, she is a rebel and an alchemist by nature, a wounded healer and mystic by attitude. She serves people to reconnect to their pristine and divine essence, to call in and embody their highest timeline of divine health and creative potential. Welcome, Sarah. It's so great to have you on the show and all the way from Italy. I'm so excited, really. Thank you so much for this beautiful introduction and thanks to you, Marianne. You're welcome. So you're one hour away from Venice? Yeah, uh, I live in the countryside, so I've always dreamt about having a lifestyle connected to nature and in this lifestyle where I can eat you know, fresh produce from the garden. So my, my partner lives, uh, has an organic farm and the organic farm is in the countryside and it's about one hour north from Venice. We're closer to the mountains. And so I live here with him and uh, we have these amazing blessings from nature every day. Oh. <laughs> we live close by to river yeah there is a river passing by and i've carved out a little uh, corner away from the like farming site <laughs> uh, which is organic anyway but still you know farming <laughs> a lot going on working <laughs> and uh, and i carved out a little corner which is a bit a little bit separated and far out and it's right at the cross of the rivers so it's a very like relaxing place that i have for myself i asked him to put it nice for me and have this nature place right in the cross of the rivers amazing that sounds like heaven I've been following your work for a while and after a bit of a deep dive I realized that you're a projector as well no wonder it made so much sense why your content resonated with me and even you know you carving out some space to be in nature that's very much the projector profile isn't it it is I feel I'm writing the way of the projector (laughs) big times (laughs) and indeed I um, I've, I've chosen and handle for Instagram, which is Aligned Projector. So I, I'm not saying, you know, I don't have the pride to say, oh, I'm super aligned, you're not aligned or something like that, you know, but this is just uh, something to signal and to communicate to the people 
that yes, I do want to live in alignment. And yes, I do think it's important to respect your energy type uh, just because that's part of your nature. So ultimately, I think it's important to respect nature, like in general, to live in harmony with it. And we, it's part of our job to respect our own nature. So we need to you know, understand who we are. I also talk about archetypes. I talk about many different ways we can conversate with our psyche, which is part of our nature and respect that and even alignment with that that's the the way the only way I think we can thrive in this world yes I mean for those who haven't read up on human design it's a self like exploration system that draws on a number of different traditions but it also includes chakras and astrology as well doesn't it yes it does it includes also the I Ching it yes it draws on different ancient traditions we can say and I have to say straightforward both for people listening and also for protecting my <laughs> reputation that I'm not a, a human design analyst like professional but I've discovered human design as, as I've always been working with people of course as a life coach then as a, as a healer as a feeling facilitator and then deepening this work with the people really taking it to the roots I think human design really came into the picture because uh, it simplifies a lot of things that we think you know if they are not okay with us but actually they're just part of our energy type yes so um for projectors or even for manifestors which are in other energy groups they are they have different needs than what most people need and so for them it's very difficult to find their place <laughs> basically in this in this society and to contribute and also something funny that as we're talking about human design, so I'm, I'm, I'm an experiment of it. It's basically something you have to experiment. They say it takes about seven years to get aligned to your type and the condition for your mental stuff and past stuff. It can take longer. It can take shorter. It depends. I'm on my fifth year. As I do this as a job as well, of course, I go super deep. So I believe I I rode a faster track to get there, you know. Uh, so I believe I'm I'm living a lot of the projectors challenges. And I found many ways to work around those challenges. And I finally created a tool uh, which helps projectors to live more in alignment. And it's called the Aligned Projector Success Suite. Because many projectors, they want to feel success, you know, following human design. So for people who have heard of it and know what human design is, uh, each type has a sort of, yeah, signature feeling, like a sort of uh, happy place. And this happy place for the projectors is success. But we need to understand what success is and leaving it on our own terms because it's very different than one society wants us to believe it's success because yes. yes we are like those are different are more like sensitive they live more in their heart they you know are connected with the psychic world with the, their gifts with art so it's very different <laughs> and that's why i created this tool which i think it's very useful because it's easy it's simple it's something that people can again it's a self-healing tool it's something that people can use by themselves so they don't have to invest uh, tons and thousands of money, you know. And it's basically, it looks like a life wheel, uh, like, you know, the regular life wheel when you do assessment for your life, like how much from zero to 10 do I give in finance? How much zero to 10 do I give to relationships? How much like regular life wheel assessment, you know, like this, only the areas on it are totally different. They are totally yes. different. There are 13 areas. 
and they're totally different because basically as projectors, we need to focus on something different. And when we focus on those different areas, A, we feel more fulfilled, B, we just release a lot of stress and we live much more in alignment. So that's where we can get authentic success. That's why I very much into the, the experiments and I believe I can help also many other projectors. This year, I also created the Align Projector uh, Conference which was uh, very much followed and it's going to be a yearly appointment. So also for all the listeners, if they want to tune in to follow the next edition in 2024, they can just tune in and they will also participate in that one if they want to. That sounds amazing. I also saw that you're trained in like 30 different energy healing modalities. Is that right? Yeah. And I think 30 is even a lower number. (laughs) (laughs) I put 30 because I needed to write a number on my page yeah so I created the list but then you know that keeps on growing (laughs) and training is part of my daily routine we can say not every day but it's part of my work so I always study something new I I love studying and do new trainings so they are different energy modalities let's say for example something that people might know emotional freedom technique EFT yes or uh, bath flowers or Australian flowers for the matter you know bush flowers or crystals or healing with colors or you know all of these different energetic healing modalities so basically I became skilled at it because I needed it because again as a projectors we live in energetic world so I was experimenting a lot of psychosomatic symptoms that the doctors could not help me with and my healing journey went on for more than 12 years it was very long and basically the reasons the root cause why I had those things were not in the physical world they were not even in the emotional they were much more like in the energetics so basically I was scaring stuff that were not mine from my family first then you know from memories from my ancestors as well from the social yeah social container and they were reflecting back in my into my body <laughs> yes uh, so I could feel I was like physically carrying them without not even being aware of them and much of it is also related to how much you are prepared with your energetic boundaries which we need to you know, talk about this. It's another chapter. But basically, that's why I encountered all these uh, healing modalities, different healing modalities. But I have to say, from the start, I had a bit of skepticism around it. Not because I don't believe in the invisible world, because I believe I have faith. Like, I know that works. I'm connected to it. But uh, I could feel that they were not always working or they were just too mild. You know, they were not having the effect. So then my work really changed and what I offer now is really changed when I've combined with it the tool that I know you're also using of quantum kinesiology. Therefore, I only also in every healing session that I have or yeah, when there is a problem, a deeply rooted problem, I only use that to, to go into the energetic information field of the client directly and draw out information directly from what they need, not what I think it's, it's needed or not what I read on an alternative medicine book. Because that's good. I mean, it's good to have all this catalog. It's good to know that yellow equals a third chakra. Yes, okay, but that might not be the case for that person. And that might not be that that person that moment might not benefit from color therapy. They may need some other therapy. They may need to take a supplement. And so having that open mind and really trusting 
and really putting together all of this information basically with a, it's like an algorithm, but it's the internal algorithm. You know, we always talk about AI these times, yeah? AIB is the artificial <laughs> intelligence, blah, blah, blah. We also have a lot of devices coming out, frequency healing and doing the job for you. And, you know, I like to tell people that, I like to remind people that we already have the technology we need to heal ourselves. Uh, if we can only access the psychic information that we have, like that's all we need. <laughs> so we just need to put order through it and uh, also using all these other healing modalities, all these healing modalities that we know, I believe there has to be an order because people normally go from one to the other, to the other, to the other, because they are looking, you know, for something. And so the role of a self-healing facilitator, like I could be, for example, it's like really a guide or like a company, you know, a person that is there for you and really helps you to understand the direction and tell you, Okay, now you need to go to osteopath. Okay, do two sessions with that and then come back. Okay, now you need to take this. Okay, do, do that. Now you can insert the affirmation or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's like having a, a, a live and a live guide. It's really present with you. It knows your process and it can, you know, put different things in. Yes, absolutely. And what I love about your approach, and it was my approach too when I was practicing kinesiology is, that you teach, you empower and teach your clients to take charge of their own healing. I think that's the most important part. I mean, for me also, it's when of course, everything changed because uh, we hear all the time that you're not a victim, you have power over it, blah, 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 you know, but this is something we hear. But then we really need to experience it. And what I loved, for example, by discovering and getting a training, my training in quantum kinesiology lasted two years. And I did it with uh, one of the best teachers, I believe, in the world. She has a clinic, like a health clinic, alternative health clinic in Guatemala. And she's very famous, we can say, in all uh, South America. <laughs> she's great. I mean, she did this for 35 years of her life. And she also has a gift in teaching, you know, other people. And uh, I loved her approach because she's she was so good at giving the self-confidence of empowering other people. So that's why I'm also, I, I'm not, when people come to me, I'm not directly training them in quantum kinesiology because I don't have, you know, that even we can say the certification or like the experience to do that. Okay. So I'm not directly training them in how to do it, but I'm definitely helping them. If they want to learn kinesiology, they can do, I can help them understand it. When I practice quantum kinesiology, I can rely on a pendulum, for example, if they ask me if they want to learn. I can tell them how to do it, but then it's their own process. But what I do, it's mostly I help them connect to their inner compass. So to really trust, you know, what, what's inside, what's coming, the, the yes and no answers. That's really important. That's already the quantum kinesiology we have for ourselves. I have a program which is not active right now because it's too many things, but it will be active soon. And it's called Inner Compass. And it's really the ability to trust the answer of your body and really learn to work with it. They're using your body as a pendulum, learning to work with it for anything you have to do, like from eating to should I go to this party or not? What clothes should I wear? This is how I live my life. Yes, me <laughs> too, me too. It's, it's very empowering because, you know, basically you're not alone. And also you are supported by all this energy field of love that just wants the best for you. So if you ask them, so what would be the best for me, then, you know, there is this conversation going on. And that's, I mean, the self-healing is, it's process. It's process that just 
comes, you know, it's, of course it comes because the best for you, of course it's healing. Like, of course it's balanced. <laughs> of course it's wealth. Of course it's good. You just need to surrender to it. And I still believe, you know, this practicing kinesiology and pendulum, blah, 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 has a, has a big factor of mental conditioning still. We need to be aware of it because in general, we are people who are living, who were, you know, raised to live in their head. Yes. So we need to take into account that we have that conditioning, always knocking at the door because we were raised in a school, because we were, you know, we were raised with grades, we were raised with the job and blah, 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 and listen to that. So always being the mind, always being the logical, we were raised in a scientific paradigm, you know? So when everything is woo-woo or don't trust that, or oh, you don't know, we were raised with that. So we always have to be aware that also the answers that we get, uh, they come really from our inner compass, from our heart, from our higher self, and not from the mental conditioning. When I work with clients through the training I did and the experience I had, that doesn't occur. So I'm sure I'm giving um, 98% you know, correct response <laughs> to them. But when I do it for myself, sometimes I still have the conditioning coming in, but I can recognize it. So that's why also that's a training that people should do. I mean, if they want to become more empowered in their self-healing, because always remembering that, yes, it's easier, but not always. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. And that, that deconditioning, it can be challenging and it's a, something that's a work in progress. But I saw that you wrote, I think it was on your website, that the heart is an invaluable resource for divine concretization. How does that apply with creativity? Yeah. So we were talking about the heart, right? I already introduced <laughs> the topic of separating the head from the heart. Yes. I know that in Chinese medicine, they use this, the same word, you know, but we don't. In the West, we don't. And we have these different concepts. So again, we normally talk about creativity in two terms. So either we refer to some artistic form, like let's play an instrument or the music or making art, painting, whatever. We talk about creativity in that way or actually another form of creativity that everybody has access to is creating their own life. Yes. <laughs> so it is about doing whatever is written in your stars, whatever it's your gift, whatever you're here to do. So by doing that, creativity might also entail some marketing or some website design or some writing or some problem solving, you know, creative problem solving, or some finding a strategy to do something, you know, so that might be part of your mission. That also relies on creativity. So creativity is not only art. Creativity is also creating your own life. And that's also why the heart is so important, because when creativity comes from the heart, there are no boundaries. And also it's boundless, like, it doesn't have any string attached. That's very important because normally when we feel that we have to create our life and we are co-creating our life, we have some expectations. For example, we have to have certain income, we want to have this goal, we want to have that lifestyle and or that obligation, you know, for our family or whatever, or that numbers of followers. <laughs> I'm thinking about social, yeah. you know. We have the, all these expectations that so we are creating our life. And that's not coming from the heart. When creativity comes from the heart, it's really just authentic and free self-expression. And yes. that's what's 
most needed. I love that. When you're creating from the heart, there are no boundaries. That That's a chef's kiss. It is just, you know, just that statement alone really says it all because when you are operating anything to do with the heart, you are limitless in every capacity. You, are, you can transform any scenario into something magical. Absolutely. Do you think that solopreneurs, lightworkers, empaths feel self-conscious about creating and creating from the heart? Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, because you said creating and creating from the heart, you know, already (laughs) creating a a difference there. Because, yeah, what happens for solopreneurs and change makers and lightworkers, they know they have a big heart. They are connected with their heart. I mean, they've decided to do that. They've committed to it. They know the only way they're going to be, let's say, successful or they're going to have any contribution is through their heart. They know that. But they don't want to show that. When we first spoke, I mean, you called me out on that as well. I I was one of those people. Literally, I had taken all my art social media posts off my page. And you said, why why would you do that? That's like how we're going to know that you're, you know, a sensitive and and an empath and that you have those gifts and abilities. Like that's your point of difference. Like why are you doing that? And that night... I'll put them all back on, you know, I can appreciate, you know, that was like such a beautiful gift to give me. And it was nice to have that permission in a way, but really I should have been doing that for my own self. And I I would say across the board, even though light workers and change makers and so forth, we are operating from the heart space. There's still moments where that self-conscious feeling overrides, doesn't it? Yeah. And it overrides because the heart is a place of vulnerability. So, of course, because we feel so much as well, we also can feel the bad stuff, we can say, okay? Out there, we can't say that there is a world where, oh, come in, you're sensitive, I love you. Let me let me have a look at your piece of heart. I have all the time in the world to just stare at it and, ah, you know? So people normally, what are they doing? They are running, they are stressed. Uh, they don't have time for anything unless you solve their problem in two minutes, fix it for life uh, with maybe, uh, you know, maybe even at a low cost <laughs> in two minutes, you know. So that's, I mean, that's the, the culture we live drenched in. And I think that even if we try to create different communities around us, and even if we decide to live in another way, so we step out and we, you know, create a different life path, uh, lifestyle, and we are based on value, based on, on the heart, on the community, on the communication, on like, you know, taking the time, like on the relativizing, you know, stepping down the money from the podium, let's say like this. Okay. So yes. putting that as part of the, of the picture, but not, you know, in the, in the center of the picture, we can do that. But still, even through social media, you know, all the algorithm, how it is made, it's just so, you know, I think it's just so fast, so running, so blah, 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 like all the wheels, you you basically see the building of a house in one minute and, you know, and your brain think it's easy. And it's not, okay? Yes. So uh, all this, this conditioning we are still flooded with, it doesn't give space basically to the heart. And so these people, you know, us, people who are here to change the world, and we are doing it with every action. We are doing it every day. Every morning we are praying, may I be a change maker, you know, may I bring joy. In my life and in the joy in the life of others we pray for that we commit to it but still we don't go out and we live in eden you know yes of so, course 
we lose the connection to our heart and, and then it comes in all the doubts and uh, all the lack of self-confidence basically that, that we have. Because uh, why do we have the lack of self-confidence? I believe there is a, a general general knowledge that we all share a bit of this worth wound. So of course, part of it is of the worth wounding. But more than that, I would say that for people who are living from the heart, they are able to, they, they have already healed that wound because they can trust their heart. Okay, so they know their heart is valuable. But still, why do they lack self-confidence? Why they're so self-conscious about creating from their heart? Because there is this conditioning so present, so big, and also there's no like space for them, you know, it's very difficult to give this space and this time because it, the, the world is still running on the time equals money paradigm and, uh, you know, what I was saying before. And also this social, they always call for confrontation. So I'm confronting my own, uh, let's say you, you, you paint, okay? I'm sure you follow some successful painters because I'm sure you love them, you know, so you love yes. your work, you love work and you follow some successful painter you know I'm thinking about one in particular now I love her I'm following her work but you know still if you're a painter like if you paint you don't have to confront yourself to her because if you do this confrontation of course you will lose self-confidence because she's much more advanced <laughs> than, than you are we can say in terms of how much she has developed her gift and her heart and her heart and art so this we we we're getting self-conscious basically based on this confrontation game and based on this lack of self-confidence because we are connected to something great but it's something great it's something you know it's a subtle energy so it's not like big and visible and sturdy like a big uh, gold a piece of gold okay or like a big <laughs> bank account we can say so we need to trust a lot more, you know, and that's why our self-confidence is so shaky sometimes. But that's also why we need to remember to use, for example, the tool of the Align Projector, you know, that I was mentioning before, because it's so easy. And that it just helps to keep our mind back on track and say, okay, mind, but you don't have to focus on the things that you see. You have to focus on yourself. You have to focus on what's inside. You have to focus on what's coming through you or what you're channeling. And that's the only thing you should trust. And then when you can refocus on that and retrust that, you're not self-conscious anymore of creating. I mean, why would you be? You're just doing the best that you can. Exactly. It's just that inner discovery too. But do you think that if you're self-conscious in your creating process, it's very likely that there are other areas in your life where you're self-conscious and you're holding yourself back? You see, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe it has much to do with going outside. So it's really what you create with showing. You know, you said, for example, for your own case, you know, you were painting, right? you were painting for yourself, but then what about painting and showing that painting to the world? You know? <laughs> yes. It's, it's the, the second step. So I don't believe because, of course, this is my belief. You might not agree with it, you know, but my point view is that really entrepreneurs like light workers and all these change makers they don't lack something like guys you don't have to worry you don't have it <laughs> you have it okay so i know that you're not self-conscious in other areas for example you might be very happy in the way you parent your kid or in the way you tidy up your house or in the way you are cooking for your partner or uh, in the way you are you know taking care of yourself and taking a bubble bath and whatever in the depth of your readings maybe or your spiritual practice so i believe that all of this that is part of your private life you're not self-conscious in that you know unless you have some issue coming in 
But if you do feel self confidence in another area, please go get some, you know, healing advice or go do something about it. But otherwise, I mean, the, the regular stage should be that you are okay with your life. You actually love your life. You actually love the person you are. And you're trusting yourself enough and you're taking enough of a leap that you're just not looking at what other people are doing and sharing from your heart. Yes. And that's what it's about. And, and that's so true, right? Because you can create for yourself, but if you're not taking that extra step to actually share it with others and to let yourself be seen in that way, then that's a that's a different thing again, because it's the block isn't with creating, the block is your own personal limitations. And then that swings back around to what we were saying about the deconditioning process, doesn't it? Yeah. And the most about the, the healing and the self-healing because yeah. the word healing, I use it not to say that you have a super uh, uncurable illness. I mean, we don't have to, you know, be in bed at hospital to think that we need healing. I mean, we need healing even when we are okay. Yes. But there's some stuff which are not clicking. I mean, our psyche is communicating with us all the time. Our heart is communicating with us all the time. Our uh, higher guides, they're communicating with us all the time. If we only want to listen. So the moment when we feel that there's something weird, you know, something that is not really flowing, that's the moment where we need some healing or like get deeper into it. And it's even if we can do healing ourselves, like for example, as I can do, you know, I still prefer to get help from other people just because we work this way, that way, just because when we have something going on for ourselves, it's better for us to get help from yes. other people or from the spiritual realm if we want, but still rely on something, something, somebody that can help us. And then we can, you know, continue helping others uh, rather than doing all the job ourselves. Maybe we can do 80% of the job, but we still need the 20% coming in because of course, all of us, all of us humans, we have self-sabotage <laughs> on. <laughs> so we are filled with that. And, uh, you know, until we don't uh, uh, allow everybody else from the, from the outside to help us, we don't see that. So it's it's very difficult for us to make change. In, even if in your case, you know, what was uh, what was useful just uh, one sentence from me and uh, and yeah you have yeah it, you know? it's yeah like really this outer outer thing i mean and not knocking on you and say hello uh how about this <laughs> yeah well you, you just you just said but why can't you see that that there's an opportunity for you to share your art and and be unique in that way and i hadn't quite made that connection and i'm sure it was obvious to close friends around me i'm sure would have thought that that was an obvious thing to do but to me when you're in it you know you put those self barriers in you put those limitations in and now after just that one conversation now i'm just letting you know all the different components of who i am and and what i love to do and what i you know how i take care of myself and all of those things that's all just coming to the forefront now and it's so much easier so much easier to for me to share who I am in that way. And the thing is, I'm in marketing. That's what I do with clients. I help them with strategy and I help them share their stories. It's so easy for me to do that for other people. But when it comes to you, your own stuff, you sometimes you do actually need someone to go, have you thought about trying this? Have you, you know, and like you specifically said to me how you are in person and your website is like got one sort of energy and a one, like a one vibe. And then your social media has got a completely different vibe. It looks very clinical. It looks too restricted. You said it was too contained. And I knew exactly what you meant because it actually felt like that energetically for me as well. And the minute we got off the phone, I put all those photos back on and I was like, oh, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, now it feels like back to me again. And and since then, it's been, you know, it's been amazing. But I do feel like even what you said earlier about even when you feel okay, because obviously I don't have any big, deep healing things to clear right now. I've done a lot of that. You know, had 10 years of intensive healing, but even though I feel okay, there are still things that you can shift and things that you can, it's almost like removing different layers to come back to more of who you are. And I, I, I absolutely love, love that. Layer. Yeah. And there's some things yeah. that you, you just can't get to on your own. You know, it was just in that one conversation that wasn't a healing, but it was in one conversation, one gift that you gave me to go, Hey, you know, I see you, I see who you are, but why are you not letting yourself be seen and it's like oh yeah that's right I'm I, I can give myself that grace and that permission too that was not a structured healing but I believe it was a healing conversation yes it was <laughs> a very healing conversation yes it was <laughs> Yes, it wasn't a formal <laughs> healing, you know, in inverted commas. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. But it, even this podcast, the intention is that the people who are listening, the frequency of our conversations changes their equilibrium. They, are, they too end up being part of this beautiful, you know, juicy energy. And that's, you know, that's what it's about. But whether it's formal healing or informal, every conversation has, has a way of changing somebody else. And that's why the words that you use are so important and and you need to be really mindful of the language that you're using, right? Yeah. And let me say something about that very quick because you are the host of this uh, fantastic podcast. So <laughs> I, I agree with what you say. And also I want to add that healing happens even informally only when people are open. So you are very open to receive. And that's very important that we come back to talk about how to put the heart at the center because if you feel too much vulnerable, if you have something that you haven't figured out yet, you know, for yourself, so if you don't have that self-confidence, so you were able to do that in a shift, you know, in a very quick shift because you had already self-confidence supporting you because you had this 10 years of healing done in the past, you know, so you had already this big healing going through. And so you were ready to it and you, you could trust it in an instant. You could see it and you could be open to it. So that's the kind of curiosity we need to keep on creating from the heart yes. and for many people and, and also I want to mention this because as you said you were feeling okay so that was not a formal healing session because maybe you were not thinking oh I need some healing you know yes. and you were not even thinking but you were still going through life with an open heart so the universe basically just brought you what you needed because that's, yes. it, that's your attitude that's why it's so important for change makers and light workers to live from the heart and really trust it because you don't have to provide for your needs, guys. They are provided. They will come. Even if you don't think, you know, yes. even if you don't have the resources to pay for it or in the most unthinkable places, you will find what you need. Absolutely. Just be true to yourself. I mean, I'm sure you, you had made a commitment the moment when you started this podcast because also we talked briefly about it to bring important conversation to the people, to bring, we can say, healing to the people, to talk about topics that needed to be talked about, you know? So you have this highest intention in it. So you just you know, do it because you want to do it from your heart. And then, you know, magic happens all the time because it's just the intention you put in it. 
Absolutely. And, you know, that's why this podcast isn't just leaders or business owners or, you know, really highly successful people. These are people of all different walks of life at all different levels, at all different stages, but mostly it is about being inspired. And in those exchanges, in those conversations, magic happens. And so that's the gift that I want my audience to have. And that's what that's exactly what happens. Whoever I'm interviewing, because of that intention, that is what happening. And as a result, I feel like I'm floating at the end of every conversation. It doesn't feel, you know, intense or heavy. I don't feel tired. I've got a hell of a lot of energy that I need to, you know, bring down so I can rest. But yeah, there's just this beautiful magic and this essence in them that is inspired. And so, you know, everyone can find this with other people, like-minded people in conversation. And you will, you're exactly right. The universe will send people to you informally and formally to help you on your way. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the best way for someone to break through in a creative way? What's one of the things that you would recommend someone who's who is awake, who is aware, who is a change maker, who who knows something is not right but they can't quite get to it? What would be a tip that you would recommend? <laughs> My tip would be really uh, as we were saying at the beginning of the conversation to know yourself and behave as yourself. Like be in your own energy, own your energy, own your characteristics, your peculiar things, your archetypes that make you up. As part of me working with people, so I've been a life coach for seven years before doing this uh, transition. I, I still do coaching with people if they require, but the work I do is much deeper, you know. So in the first years working with people, I could see that, I mean, we all know that the answers are inside of ourselves. That's the whole point. But many people, we are, again, conditioned or like limited. We put uh, limits on ourselves. And basically what I was seeing is that they they didn't know themselves. They didn't know who they were. But I mean this in a very technical way. Like, for example, you know, they didn't know their energy type. They didn't know how their body worked. They didn't know to understand the language of their body. So one thing that I do in the, in the Inner Compass program, everybody has a different way to communicate with their body. So they really have to be aware of how, what their body is telling them, you know, and they, they don't know maybe activities to support their soul and uh, their spirit. Once I, I bought a book from, uh, she's very famous, she's called Caroline Miss. Yes. I don't know if you know. I do. And... Uh, many books and uh, one of the books was the sacred contracts the one i'm referring to here and it's funny because i bought this book while i was searching for myself so while i was soul searching and it was about 27 28 i believe and this was a kind of a heavy book i mean for me at that age the the writing the kind of the writings and the kind of the intensity yes (laughs) book let's say heavy And I and then in the book she describes a lot of archetypes that can be part of your sacred contracts so of, of your soul basically. And she comes up with this uh, wheel archetype where you have the archetype wheel, which uh, forms your basic 12 archetypes which form your soul. And she uh, goes on telling you how to recognize your archetypes. So she gives some questions, some reflection questions, some journaling prompts so that you can recognize them. But there are more than, I don't know, 50 to choose from. And it's, she gives a lot of examples, but I mean, it's 
it's a hard job. So I ditched the book. I didn't finish it. I could <laughs> I had the best guess that what my archetypes would be, but you know, I mean, it's complicated. Again, it's complicated when you're there by yourself. And uh, she would definitely not give me a consultancy on what would be my archetypes. I mean, she's too busy for that. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know. And then the beautiful thing is that years later. So now I I was 35 years later, about seven years later. Uh, these books, uh, I still have it in my library. And uh, it went with me through all my moving different places. And I picked it up again. And now I have the tool of quantum kinesiology. So now I want to know what my archetypes are. <laughs> so let's inquire <laughs> the higher energies. <laughs> and that was uh, much easier. You know, so then I got this archetypal wheel done for myself and I could conversate with each of my 12 archetypes and I could confront back to what I written about myself many years ago. And some of them were right, like about five out of 12 were right. And the other ones were just processes I was at the moment, but they were not my true self. Yes. So my answer to your question, that's what I mean. Like connecting to your true self, like connecting to who you really are. And that's why you need somebody else from the outside and normally this somebody else it it would channel information for you so it's like somebody with a big s you know helping you <laughs> with understanding who you really are and for me uh, for example on, on this archetype we're uh, talking about self-expression and creativity i have the archetype of the child there so if that's not playful for me it won't happen <laughs> i need it to be playful i don't care how i look from the outside I should be a high hand or blah, 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 or do something. I don't care. It has to be playful because because my child is ruling that. Yes. Or for example, I have a, a big mystical archetype. So for me, life is mystic. That can't be for everybody. Okay, so I'm. that's why the job I do, it's like, you don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to be as mystic as I am. That's totally fine, you know? But for me, if you're asking me, what is one tip that can really help people to tap into their heart again, like to break through this limitation? It's connect to your true self. Yes. Connect to it. Understand with this. I've even created uh, like a part of my services. We can say another tool we can call it. It's called EPAS, Intuitive Pathway Towards Your Authentic Self. Okay. It has insight human design, the archetype wheel, your numerology chart, where are you going through your life trajectory, the Enneagram, like many, many, many ways of knowing yourself. And again, one IPAS is not together to the, it's not uh, the same as the other one because they're all individually calibrated through quantum kinesiology. So for example, for some people, it says to my higher guide, says to use tarots and I use tarots but for other people I don't for some I should point them out what is their animal totem and for others I don't okay so this is a sort of pamphlet I create then for this person a book and a personal book it's called synthetic it should be short but it's something that contains the essence of these people and I have the clients I work with that come to me three years after receiving their iPads telling me, oh my God, this is still like current. It helps me doing choices, you know, in my life. Now that I've aligned more with this, I can see this energy coming through me because before it was, you know, contained or I was hiding it. So that's the only one tip that I, that I should give. Like really just don't be afraid of understanding 
who you are. Go through all the rabbit holes that you need to go through. Get some help if you want to, or if you prefer, do the inquire yourself, like do the investigation yourself. It doesn't matter how much time it will take. Of course, these tools shorten up a lot of time, but just do that. Just don't be ashamed or don't be afraid of embodying who you are. Yes. I think play is so important for all of us because it is so easy to stay. I, I think no matter what archetype you have or what profile you have or, you know, whatever your star sign is, whatever is going on, I think at the end of it, all of us need to connect back in with our inner, you know, inner child. And also that play aspect is so important. And, and that could be play, you know, swimming, it might be painting, it might be gardening, whatever that play looks like, it doesn't matter as long as we're actually doing some of that. Because I, I find that connecting in that way means connecting with the inner child and connecting with the inner child is where most of the answers are. For me personally, when I started actually paying attention to my inner child, child is when that true those true shifts started happening and and also my best creativity comes when I'm listening to her because your inner child we're not conditioned your inner child is the truest and purest uh, expression of who you are of course we're not talking about the wounded part you know, we're talking about yes. like the true, like the inner child is just what you came here to do. And, and uh, also it has this uh, force, this strength. Uh, I want to mention here a concept because it's very relevant. In one of the trainings I did, one of the men, <laughs> the well-being existential counseling training. It was from Belgium. So basically the, the teacher was, her mother tongue was Dutch. And she said that in her mother tongue, they have two words to refer to the word strength. And I'm referring to the strength of the inner child as well. And in English, they don't have translation for it. In English, only the, sorry, the word power. In English, they only have power. Power, like, like if it was like strong power, like power. And she says there is this inclination for the, all the English-speaking people. They only relate power to a young energy, masculine energy. Yes. Okay. But in Dutch, they have a specific word that only indicates power within energy. So in English, we have to say feminine energy. We need to say feminine power. So we need to add something to the word power. Yes. Power in itself is masculine. Okay. And so we are lacking, like you can, you can imagine, you know, what the world we, we, we got to create because then power is associated with masculinity and we are lacking just the word to say that. I mean, we just have, we have to put an adjective or change the word power, but the word in itself, it has only this original meaning. And in Dutch, they have a different word for it. They have two different words and they associate the in power to, for example, the power of nature. Okay, that they associate with the in power or the power of a woman, the strength of a woman who's given birth. They use that other word. And so your child, your inner child is bringing to the world an in strength. It's a feminine strength because it is resilient, because it is determinate, because it doesn't want to dominate others. It's just there to express itself. It's just there because it is strong. It is strong. It is powerful. It gives you a lot of energy and creativity. For sure, it should. I mean, look at children. They are the yeah. most playful. They, they have these sparks of life, of life going outside them. Of course. I mean, that's something, some energy we can tap into, all of us. But that's an energy, that's a power, that's a strength, which is inherently non-competitive. So in feminine, it is inherently nurturing. 
because yes, you have power, but you don't feel depleted after that. You even feel recharged by expressing it, you see? So it has really this infinite natural cycle to it. And it is a big, big resources we all have inside once we get to the balanced point, to the healed enough point where we can access it. Absolutely. Oh, so true. That resource is unlimited and infinite. And it is a gift when you can tap in and tune in there. And it does take time because you do have to do the healing part of the the wounded inner child needs some care and some attention first. And then you start getting more and more free to just play. And when that because I found that when you do the the healing with the wounded inner child, there has to be a little bit of trust built up where, you know, your inner child starts to know, okay, she's paying attention. She's she's understanding. She's definitely, listening. Definitely. One of my clients where I did their work with the inner child, she was 60 or maybe 61 even. Divorced, two big adult young boys living with her. She was going through a lot of troubles in life. And we did a lot of healing to her inner child. And she definitely experienced this um, need of creating this trust first. But then she was able to release and, you know, to create this relationship back. And then basically now she's using that, as she told me, she's using that as a tool as well in her family. So she's teaching her young boys sometimes when they have an argument between them, maybe. She, you know, changes the energy of the room and just by saying, so what is your child saying? What is your inner child? What is, where is your joy now? You know, and her boys thank her and, uh, you know, they all hug and they all create harmony again. So that's how powerful it is. Absolutely. And it's just a pause. It's just a moment where you just tap in and ask your inner child, how do you feel? Like, what do you need right now? And especially if you've spent your whole life ignoring your inner child, it's, it's like a brand new relationship. It takes time for things to harmonize internally. And then after that, you know, you, you've got so much more freedom. And when you start doing that within yourself, you can communicate to others in that way, just like that lady in that example. I even use it with my clients. It was only last week I was talking to a client and she was struggling to choose a, a logo. And I said, why are you forcing this along? Like, where's the joy here? Where's the fun? What's your inner child saying? What Maybe she needs to be a part of this design. Have you asked her? Have you tapped in and asked her? What does she want? And it ended up being a completely different logo than she even imagined. It, it's like the opposite and beyond what she would have picked. And so because she knows now that that is actually the choice she wanted to make but wasn't giving herself permission to. And, and the best part is she didn't even know those were the components that were missing. But there's another genius inside of us, which is the inner child, the yeah, freedom yeah, that could come by yeah, tapping in and anchoring yeah. in there. That's where the unlock begins. I, I really do believe that. And your help in that part, you know, to access her genius. So you actually yes. had her. You- yeah, through that, it's a little thing coming from the outside and say, "Hey, <laughs> yes," and then you connecting inside. But yeah. only you have to know how to do that with yourself first, so that you can do that with others. And then when you teach other people to do that, then they do that, and then it it goes on and on and on. That's how you create beautiful change in this world. And I love that. I think there needs to be more conversation about the inner child. Definitely, definitely. What do you love about being a change maker? Because you're quite unique. I guess with all of your experience, your way of looking at the world is you know is just 
so divine and so beautiful. What do you love about leading in that way? Actually, I don't know. I think I couldn't be anything else. Like if I preach to people to just be their own unique self, <laughs> the part that I love most is that I can be my own unique self. And also that gives me, especially having this, let's say, label of change maker, it gives me, entitles me for belonging because I do believe we, we live in a time where we need a lot of change. Maybe it has always been like that. I mean, probably it has always been like that. I believe that my grandfathers thought the same and the people before that thought the same, you know, and people in caves thought the same. So Probably all the people working on Earth think we need to change. And that's why also we got technology and progress and everything and education and uh, consciousness, evolution and spiritual inquiry as well. So I believe we all believe that. So it's not that I'm saying something new. But now we are forced, we can say, to look at the change in a different way. We really need to imagine a sustainable change. We cannot think of a change as for ourselves or for our own state or nation or for our own you know, little garden. We need to think of a change which is, again, without boundaries. We need to think of a change which empowers everybody, which lifts up everybody which takes in everybody and each conscious form of earth so by being a change maker what i love about it it's just that i'm i feel i belong to this uh, huge group of people that are seeing the world differently that are projecting a new reality they are making choices giving up some of their comfort i could say some of their comfort because again not talking to your inner child is comfortable it's easy you know but we decide to go to the way of the white warrior, you know, to the way of the light warrior, to the way that is not comfort. I give us some of my comfort. I give us some of my security. I give us some of my mental thoughts that just give me security, but they're not authentic because I want to be part of this change, which is a freedom change, which is a connection change, which is a change where we are just much more aware with all the love we come from and we need to to like live it more <laughs> because it's not reflecting on on us now so i know it's a long way to go yeah i'm, I'm just a tiny part of it I love that. Me too. And I'm so glad you are a part of it. We need more people like yourself on board and, and leading the way. And uh, I just adore you. I think you're such a beautiful human. And I, I, I'm so grateful that our paths crossed and so grateful that you joined me on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne. I, I, I have uh, um, definitely the same uh, compliments for you. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, for creating these opportunities for handpicking the people you want to create amazing conversations with for clearing up the space and opening the space and enriching the space with this uh, high uh, frequency of what's possible and really strength and powerful boundless creation <laughs> me too me too if people are wanting to reach out to you how can they find you how can they connect I give the website because I'm sure it's always there <laughs> socials uh, it, it depends on the period of time <laughs> right now i'm pretty active on instagram as well but that depends on the time where they're listening to this so the website is uh, uh, sarah francisca uh, like my name.com the, the links will be in with the bio and uh, across all the yeah. socials as well also on yeah. the website they will find the tools we talked about. So the Align Projector Success Wheel or the conference if they want to be in touch with it 
or they can subscribe to the energy frequency activation, the one we talked about, about the creativity, for example. Uh, they can find them there, available for free, and they can subscribe to get the new ones as well. So Beautiful. Thank you so much. I just, like I said, I adore you, and I'm, I'm so grateful for our time together today. Thanks to you, and thanks to everybody listening. <laughs> Have a nice day. You too.